0: Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. Everyone, This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, a different woman shares her story, often in a live setting, with the bottom line being that God is good. Today's story of losing a child is one that often causes people to question how a good and loving God could allow that to happen. But as you'll hear in Amy's testimony, God has used the life of precious Anne Reese to touch the lives of over 85,000 people. Yes, 85,000. So yes, the story you're about to hear will require a lot of Kleenex, and since this is the recording of a live event, you'll also hear a lot of sniffles. But I also want you to hear how Amy's story of tragedy is filled with hope and new life and renewed joy. She shares how God gave her freedom from anger and how He has continually revealed His love for her and her family. Is a little foreshadowing, pay attention to the number 18, which is also incidentally the date that we are releasing this episode, completely unplanned by our team, but definitely planned by God. Here is Amy.
1: Okay, so microphone, this feels kind of weird, but um, first off, I just want to say thank you so much to this team, Robin and Dawn. If you have not had coffee with them or lunch, (laughs) make an appointment immediately because you will be fed. And so I'm so thankful for you and and for Dawn and the rest of the team for asking me to do this. Um, This is not an easy story to tell. But I find so much joy and peace sharing it. And Every time I share it, a part of my heart is healed. And I pray that um, God speaks to you and tells you that you just find hope through our story. So let's get started. (laughs) So, first off, uh, this morning, you know, I'm kind of nervous and like, oh my goodness, this is a big day. I've been so preparing all week, blah, blah, blah. Well, my five year old is in kindergarten and she brings me this. And she learned how to write this. (laughs) I like mom. (laughs) We're working on love next. But for now, like is amazing. Anyway, so I have this right here with me because I just felt, I was just like, really? Today? Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to say a quick prayer. Just I know you just prayed, but I'd like to just say one really quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for all these women here. And Lord, I just pray that you will speak straight through me. Give me the words that you prepared me to speak to speak on and ones you haven't, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, you will just touch every woman here and pray that they have a wonderful day leaving here and they feel you and they feel close to you. Lord, I just thank you for Ann Reece. Thank you for her story. Though tragic, we are living and we are proof that you are a good God. In your name I pray amen, amen. all right so um <clears throat> sorry I have so much stuff here um all right I, I want to start with our light my our family's life verse and uh really my life first. is Jeremiah 29 11. for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not harm you plans to give you hope in a future And I want to start off with that just because all over our story, all over what I'm about to say, God is just proving over and over and over, I got this. I've already planned. You don't have to worry. So um, you'll see that theme and that message over and over. So I wanted to open with that. I was born December 24th, 1983 to Lisa. This is my mother and uh, my dad, Daryl. And I know right now, most of you are thinking, oh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, baby. Like how wonderful that you share that season birthday with Jesus. And yes, you're right. That's amazing others of you are thinking, you got gypped. (laughs) Presents. I bet you got a lot of presents that say, like, happy birthday and Merry Christmas. (laughs) Even though they were better and more expensive, they filled the void of two, right? No. Um, Actually, my mom and my um, dad were very good about not doing that. My mom always wrapped my birthday presents in birthday paper. Uh, (laughs) uh, We always had family gatherings and birthday parties. A lot of times on Christmas Eve. Cause that's, everybody was together. Um, so I'm thankful that, you know, they raised me like that and it was separate. And, um, but anyway, my mom is the strongest person, you know, I know she has tears in her eyes now, but she is the strongest person, you know, and you'll hear about more of that in my story. Uh, my dad, he was a welder, still is. Um, But as a job, he's he's crafty, he's creative, builds things, uses his hands. um, And, you know, I just learned so much from both of them. And throughout my story, you'll see that. Um, So when I was probably about three years old, uh, my parents got divorced. And my mom and I moved um, to Daphne. My dad was in Baymanette, And most of you are probably thinking, divorce, like, that's scary. That's, you know, probably the worst thing that could happen. And honestly, for me, because of divorce, our family of three went from a family of three to tons of people. You know, step-parents, step-siblings, half-siblings. I look back and I feel so blessed that my parents did get divorced. I know that sounds crazy, but I never struggled in that way. And I'm so thankful because my parents were very good about, um, sticking together and just making sure that I felt loved. I never heard either one of them talk bad about each other. Um, so I was very blessed in that way. And because of it, you know, along came a whole bunch of people who loved me, who supported me, (coughs) who, um, who I'm still very close to today. So I'm actually thankful in a way that my parents got divorced. I know that sounds crazy, but, um, so as, as a child, um, I never, you know, we were always in church. Um, my grandmothers both were, you know, huge examples for me. Uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, she was at church every single time the doors were open front row, praising Jesus with her hands. And then at home, I remember, um, she was a doodler, so in her Bible, it's just doodles, <laughs> all over it, and the phone book. But um, <laughs> you know, you had a phone book back then, and actual cord. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyway, so just you know, remember seeing Jesus all over her. Uh, the same thing with my dad's mom. She, um, her name was Jewel, and she pretty much was like. A jewel for me um, an example um, I remember she used to teach the kindergarten or not kindergarten preschool Sunday school class and every son, uh, Saturday night we would sit and prepare and I would sit down with her I never wanted to go to the Sunday school class that I was actually um, my age I wanted to go with her to help her teach the little kids and we would prepare Saturday night and um, while we were preparing my, my grandmother was tiny little thing Um, grandfather always in the church too but they loved wrestling (laughs) so while we're preparing you know with the felt little pieces and all that like preparing our board for the for the next day we're watching wrestling and I'm like this just feels so weird but it it worked and um anyway I was exposed to a lot of different things (laughs) some true and some not um Anyway, so they were both very big examples. And I don't ever remember a day that I got saved. I just remember always loving God and you know, having him in my heart. So, but I know that day happened. I just don't remember it. Um so basically had normal childhood you know, grew up in Daphne, decided to go to Auburn. We're equal. Um, hopefully we do really great tomorrow. Um, anyway, I get to college, live with some of my friends, and my sophomore year, met the hottest guy (laughs) and that was it. And actually, yeah, I mean, I called my mom and, you know, my family. I'm like, I am smitten over this guy. He is good looking. And, and then I met his family, his mother's here, you know, godly people. Um, I remember the first time I went over to his house, his apartment, I saw a Bible in his room and I thought, yeah, this is good. And it actually looked like it had been read. <laughs> you know? It wasn't just sitting there for looks. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I knew that that was it. So, actually, our very first conversation, um, we you know, he's like, how old are you? I think I was 19. Me too. When's your birthday? December 24th, 1983. He says, mine's the 22nd. Mm. Born the same the same year. Um, so, we had that connection, and we, you know... Thought, well, that's is it. <laughs> <This> is it. <laughs> Might as well have just gotten married then, but we were only 19, so we waited. Um, so uh, we dated in college, and then um, we got engaged July 4th. Um, um, we graduated college. I moved to Birmingham, where I lived with one of my best friends, Layton. Um, for one year, while I was teaching third grade at Oak Mountain Elementary, Um building a house, and just, you know, planning a wedding. Super easy. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, But it was good. So June 2nd, 2007, I married my best friend, that hottie that I saw (laughs) in college. Um, And we just started living our life. I don't know what we did. I have no idea because now looking back, I know that we, before we had kids, we did things together, but I don't remember though. <laughs> Sorry, honey, if you're listening. Um, anyway, so we had these grand plans, you know, he was a banker. I was a teacher. We were gonna travel. We have to have money to travel. Like, you know, newly starting out and all that. So, you know, we didn't do much traveling. Um, I think we went to movies and stuff, but, um, Anyway, so we had grand plans to wait to have children till we were in our 30s. And you know, like I read that Bible verse, God <laughs> had different plans for us. So um, I think it was May 2009. Two pink lines showed up. (laughs) And I remember crying in the bathroom thinking, oh my goodness, my husband's going to be so mad at me. Like, this isn't good. You know, he said, we have this grand plan and we're going to wait and we're going to travel and looky here. And he, I remember he walked in the bathroom, I'm sobbing my eyes out because I always wanted children, but I was like, this isn't the right time. And uh, he, he was like, I don't know what this is. (laughs) Like... (laughs) What do you mean? Two peak lines? Let me see the box. Let me see the box. You know, and he's like looking in the trash can for the box and verifying this is real. Um, and so he did, and, and he, he just embraced me, and he was so sweet. And he said, Amy, I'm so excited. Like, this is great. This, is, this wasn't our plan, no. But it's God's plan, and we were just, anyway. So then I got excited, and um, we found out that we were having a girl. And let me just be honest, that was the best news I'd ever heard. <laughs> ever. <laughs> my poor husband, um, but he, he's, he's a good girl dad. Um, but anyway, so I was just so excited to have this little baby girl. Um, we picked out her name Anne Reese Anne is my mother's middle name and his mother's middle name. So that was a no brainer. Um, and then Reese, um, kind of a family name, but really because I like Reese Witherspoon, let's be honest. <laughs> I hate to, my husband would be like, you really admitted that? <laughs> And he would say, that is not who she's named after. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, so we planned and everything for this baby. We were living in Birmingham at the time, and uh, my husband decided with his best friend they were going to quit their jobs and start a business. Quitting your job and starting a business means there's no money at first. Mm -hmm. And then um, that was in November, and then I quit my job Right around the time that um Anne Reese was born. And um anyway, so she was born on January eighteenth, two thousand ten at St. Vincent's Hospital, surrounded this was like the first grandbaby, and oh my goodness, that hospital room was filled to the brim of people with cameras and just so excited. And we welcomed a little baby girl at twelve o'clock. Um and she weighed 7 pounds, 15 ounces, dark hair, blue eyes, chubby cheeks. I just felt like whole in a way because I'd always wanted to be a mom. I played baby dolls all the time. I was that weird kid who t- treated my dog like a baby. I literally put the dog in baby doll clothes, strolled her around the neighborhood. <laughs> that is not normal. <laughs> but I admit it. <laughs> anyway, um, Anne Reese was an amazing baby. She really never cried very much. She slept great. It was like a dream come true. Um, and then we basically in, I think it was August. Uh, yes, yes. Sorry. I did not write that down. Um, in August, we moved to Gulf Shores for my husband's business and we lived on one of the properties that he had. Um, and I was so excited to be down there because my family was in Daphne and Baldwin County area. excuse me. And I was, it it was just great. Like, and then we still traveled to Birmingham to see my husband's family, even to Texas to see the other side of the family. Um, and you know, and Reese, as a toddler got to live the best life down there, the beach. We went to the beach all the time, toes in the sand. Um, I don't know about you, but that's where I feel God the most is listening to the waves being there. Um, With the blue skies and hearing the birds. And I'm just so thankful that she got to live down there. And um, she was very energetic, talked a lot, (laughs) always, always in the car. We would get in the car, and as soon as we got in the car, we were having these long, Long conversations. Um, she loved to sing. Our favorite song to sing together was You Are My Sunshine. And I have so many videos of us singing that together. And she also loved to sing Jesus Loves Me. Um, I remember, the uh, let's see, the Easter, when she was two, I uh, told her about the Easter story. You know, thinking that a two-year-old's going to understand it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the first time I said the word Jesus, she said, I sing song? And we started singing, Jesus loves me. And, you know, that was it for that Easter story. <laughs> but I just loved that she did, I feel like, know Jesus and um, felt him. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, she loved watching Dora. And she called it Dora Dit <laughs> I did not correct her. I love it. I loved it. I don't correct my two-year-old now when she messes up on words. I'm like, no, say it like that forever. <laughs> It won't be cute when you're 15, but, um, oh, this is the best. This is the funny story. So Anne Reese never met a stranger, never grocery store. I would think, okay, in and out 10 minutes. We got We got to hurry. Dad's coming home from work. Got to get dinner on on the table. She had different plans. We literally had to talk to every single person we passed. She was just like, hi, hi, hi. How are you? And we'd get into these long conversations, so, fast forward, I am eight months pregnant with her little sister, Jane, and there's a man that comes up and talks to us, and I have, I have a big old belly, and so does he. <laughs> you see where this is going, downhill. So, she says to him, he's like, hey, little girl, how are you? And, and you know, they're talking, and... um She says, oh, you have a baby in your belly, too? My mommy has a baby in her belly. Literally, the man, like, frowned, walked away. He's still probably thinking about it. I need to probably find him and tell him I'm sorry. Um, Anyway, so she had a full life. She had huge birthday parties. Yes, I'm that mom. I hate to admit it, but yes, the Pinterest birthday parties, she had them. Um... And she just, you know, the, the people I was telling you about earlier, the people who, because of my parents' divorce, I have all these family members that I gained from that, and she had them too, and they, she had so much love in her life, and she loved her people so, so hard, everybody, um, and it was just special to see the bonds that she created with all the people that I'd loved my whole life, just seeing her have those bonds was just very special. Um, in 2012, um, I found out that I was pregnant again and this was not our plan. (laughs) We wanted a spring baby because we, you know, mine and my husband's birthdays are December and Reese's was January. Now we're expecting another baby in January. Like we were hoping to spread it out a little bit and boom, there you go. So, um, anyway, we found out we were having a little girl and we were so excited, uh, Ann Reese was so excited. She talked to my belly. It was so sweet. Um, I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, but this baby did not have a name yet because we had basically given our best name to Ann Reese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you have the same sex and you're like, Oh no, I had a boy name for you. That was great. Um, anyway, so my husband, it basically, my baby shower was coming up. This sounds terrible. But my friends were like, look, if you want anything monogrammed, you got to pick out a name now. So I know that's terrible. Um, so I I said to my husband, like, we're going to lunch today. We're going to pick out a name for this baby. We had five names and we wrote them down on butcher paper. Like, you know, when those tables, had butcher paper and the nurse, I mean, the, um, the waitress comes up to us and she's like, what are y'all doing? We're like, we're trying to pick out a name for this baby. We're having a hard time. And she goes, why don't you look up the meaning of the names? We're like, well, duh, let's do that. <laughs> so, you know, we go down the meanings and we're, we're looking for a name or we're looking for all, through all the meanings of these names and we get to Jane and that was Davy's choice. Like he really wanted Jane and I was leaning towards other ones, but I do love that name. Um, and it means God's gracious gift. And we were like, well, that's the best meaning, so let's go with it. And at the time we picked out her name, we had no idea God's plan that he would reveal in time. But it definitely was a fitting name. But Anne Reese called her baby Zane <laughs> with a Z, which is just, I just love. Um, take a sip of this real quick. So fast forward to December 24th, 2012. My birthday. Um Anne Reese woke up, ran to my room to give me my birthday present, which I had wrapped. <laughs> And bought and picked out my husband has many gifts and that is not one so I unwrap it just so excited just you know it was a purse and I still have it and I have not used it since that day um, and then we go downstairs to bake a cake Um, the next day was Christmas and we had big plans at my mom's house and we have this special cake. It's called a chess cake. Um, I guess it was a recipe from her mom. I have no idea, but we make it every holiday. It is just the most amazing, healthy cake. (laughs) That's not true. Um, but anyway, so we go downstairs and we bake just the two of us. Uh, I guess David was getting ready or something and we had the best time. You know, she's sitting on the counter. Two mismatched socks, hair mess, you know, a little T-shirt on. I still have pictures from that day that I go back and look at all the time. And actually, I still have the cake in my mom's freezer. So we probably won't eat it, though. Just keep it forever. Um, But anyway, just that time with her. And I remember she had a running nose, and it was like getting in the cake. (laughs) So it's probably... (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, so we get ready. And um, we're going to my dad's house because, like I told y'all earlier, my parents, we always had a celebration for my birthday. And that now, because I'm married to a guy whose birthday is two days before, we celebrated his birthday as well. So my whole family is at my dad's farm. Um, and we do the birthday celebration. We, you know, I had presents Ra. Uh Me and David, we had a cake. We... Everybody's saying happy birthday to us with Anne Reese's help. I think I have that picture. Um, Let's see. Here we go. I'll pass these around. But this is us blowing out candles together. And the cake says 29, so that was my 29th birthday. And we also went on a hayride. It was the best day. I mean... Just being at the farm and having all the family around. Um, But I remember that morning before we left the house, like closing the door and having this really uneasy feeling come over me, like something's just not right. And I remember locking the door and thinking, I'm not going to come back to this place like it is. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know if it was real. I just blew it off. And we're driving in the car, um, to get there. And I, and, and Reese had fallen asleep. And I remember when we pulled on my dad's to my dad's driveway or my dad's road, I looked back and she was asleep and she just looked so angelic. And I felt so much peace, I was so thankful for you know the baby that was growing in my belly. I was eight months pregnant at the time. Um, thankful for my husband. Just felt so like everything is going perfectly. Like I feel so blessed. Um, so like I said, it was a great day there. We opened gifts, blew out candles, ate the cake. My mom's side of the family was there. My dad's side because like I said, they they embrace the each other still and were kind to each other, and my dad had this big party, and everybody was invited, um, so my mom's family left, uh, my mom's side left so that my dad and that side of the family, we could have our Christmas, so, um, Emery's opened her gifts, and one of them was a stroller, and my dad, not knowing what a two-year-old thinks, gives her the stroller in a box. That was a big mistake because he spent the rest of the time putting together the stroller. (laughs) So she puts her little guys in it, and she just takes off. And, you know, we're on a farm. There's tons of space. Um, My dad had actually built with his hands a swing set for the kids to enjoy that day. Um, The last time that we were at his house before this day, he had shown it to us, and Anne Race was so excited about it, and I was too, and um, he had a trampoline. Just so many things for all the grandkids to play at. So we're sitting on the porch watching all the kids play. My nieces were swinging, and other ones are jumping on the trampoline. And I remember I was sitting on the porch facing them, and we were super close to them. We could see them. They're right there. Um, and I remember looking down at my phone, texting my mom, saying it was like 3.30. Like, we're about to leave, like five more minutes. And I remember looking, looking up, seeing them play again. And then I look down, and you know Amrice is pushing her stroller. And I look down because I got a text back. And when I look down, I heard a crash. And screams. that still echo in my mind? I look over and the swing set is on my baby. Had her pinned down. wings that had fallen over right on top of her and after that it was a whirlwind of things going on just people and of course I think 10 people who were there were calling 911 my husband and I were basically rushed to the front of the house to not see what was going on. But, of course, we were peeking around the corner, just crying, basically on the ground, praying. So, of course, they get the swing set off of her, and they start working on her. And by that time, Paramedics, ambulance, whoever show up. And they're working on her. And they um a lady walked up to us because again, we're not right there. And it was one of the paramedics and she's asked we were begging her, please tell us. Is she breathing? Is she breathing? Does she have a pulse? Tell us please tell us something. And we knew it was bad when she said I don't think so so then, so we leave there the ambulance takes her to the first hospital and we drive there my mom had got my mom and my aunt had gotten back to the house and we rode with them and I'm texting people just pray 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 you know I don't know what's going to happen, but pray. Um, we get to the first hospital, and we walk in, and they're working on her. And the doctor comes out, and he's just white as a ghost. He doesn't even look like he has blood in his body. And he's, he just says, we're transfer transferring her. Lifelighting. And in my mind, I'm like, "Life lighting? That's bad. Like, really bad. So they lifelighted her to Mobile, and... We rode in the car to Mobile, and that was the longest ride of my life. It was my mom, her sister, and me and Davy. And we just prayed, and Davy and I just held hands and prayed and... just hoped that everything was going to be okay, but we just knew that it wasn't. We knew. We got to the first hospital, second hospital... And they're doing all that they can to save her. And they let us come in and see her. And by that time, we had this many people, basically, there at the hospital with us, praying with us, loving on us, just anything that they could do. And um, they let us see her because I wanted to see her. I remember thinking they shaved her head like part of her head and I remember thinking this is not funny but it kind of is how am I going to put a bow in her hair (laughs) like the mama came out at me like why did they do that because in my mind I was like she's going to be okay she's going to be okay but we're not going to be able to get a bow in her hair and I know that sounds crazy but our minds go to just crazy places when we're trauma situations, and that's one thing that just sticks out at me. Maybe I was, maybe it was God's way of just, you know, comforting me. Because also looking at her, you know, she had tubes and all this stuff. Like, I just wanted to pick her up and take her home and be away from all that. So basically they they gave us a bunch of information and told us that they were sending her to Women's and Children's by ambulance that we should go there. So we did, and when we got there, the doctor came into a room with me and David, and she basically said, "She's coded twice now, and we brought her back twice. Do you want us to keep bringing her back?" And I look, I, I'm like, "Yes, yes, do." And my husband says, what's the quality of life going to be? And she said, we don't know yet. We're going to do a scan. But most likely, she will be a vegetable the rest of her life living on machines. And we basically have an argument in the hospital room. Because I'm like, do it. I, I will be up here every single day helping take care of her. Do it. And he's like, Amy, think about that. We don't want to leave her like that. We don't want her to live like that. So the doctor could see the distress all over, you know, that that wasn't a decision we were ready to make at that moment. So we, um, she said, we're going to do a scan to see if there's any brain activity, and we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. So she leaves the room and basically comes back pretty quickly she had coded again and she couldn't bring her back. So she came back to tell us that she was gone at nine forty five on Christmas Eve. My birthday. asked if we wanted to see her. I said that we would get her cleaned up and that we could see her and that we could hold her and if, asked if we wanted to do that. And we said, of course, yes. And y'all, it was the most amazing few hours. We held her and sang to her. Everybody got to hold her. I remember that so vividly. Everybody got to say their goodbyes. Everybody got to rub her hair. I remember I just feel her hands. There's no life in her. But she looks so peaceful. And I knew that she was in heaven. Jesus, but I'm so thankful that I got that last time, to love on her and embrace her. So we left the hospital probably 1 a.m., and the next day was Christmas. I mean, not to us at all, but it was Christmas. Christmas. And we were at my mom and stepdad's house, and um, my mom had already planned this big feast. You know, she always cooks all of our favorite meals, or all of our favorite dishes. So it's kind of a hodgepodge sometimes. (laughs) Um, But she got up that morning, and she bathed me eight months pregnant, because I couldn't bathe myself or get out of bed, really. And she got up and she went to the kitchen and she cooked all of our favorites. And that day I saw so much strength and courage and determination in her that I'd always seen but it was really put into practice that morning. And I thank you for that, Mom. So after... I don't even think I ate any of the food. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) I guess we were cooking for all the people who were about to walk through the door because the floodgates of people started coming. family, friends, just everyone basically we knew was walking through the door, loving on us, washing our clothes. Beth Davis washed my clothes, probably dirty underwear and all the good things. And I'm so thankful for for that, um, for the people that surrounded us and loved on us and um, helped us carry the burden, helped us make decisions, helped us plan a funeral, all the things that go along with that. Um, actually, one of my best friends, Layton, spoke at Amrisa's funeral, and to this day, I don't know how she did it, but she did it with such courage and such grace, and I'm so thankful for you doing that. Um. So the day after Christmas, our pastor came to talk to us, and it was actually my parents' pastor um, from their church, because we we hadn't gone back to Gulf Shores at this point. We, we didn't plan on, we didn't go back there for a while. Um, but he came and and he met with us and was just honest and real and basically told us that 90% of couples who, who, um, lose a child also end up getting a divorce. And, but, but a huge percentage of couples who lose a child and get counseling, do not get divorced. You know, they have better odds against them or for them. So Debbie and I knew that that was something we were going to start right away was counseling. And we quickly figured out, this is kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but we quickly figured out that we already have two different personalities, polar opposites, and now we have to grieve together. And figure out how to live together and still love each other through this and heal and and still live. And for us, going to a counselor every week gave us so many tools of how to handle grieving together. How to respect the other ones where they were in whatever whatever stage they were in. Um, Honestly, it probably... And it was Christian counseling, so it was God-centered. It probably saved our marriage because the odds were totally stacked against us. Um, we've been married eleven years now, and I still really like him. <laughs> and uh, but I'm, I'm very thankful. But but I also married a man who's like this. We were. um Ann Reese's service afterwards, we did a balloon release and I still have the picture of this moment because my, I think my uncle captured it. Um, the balloons were going up and I'm just losing it. You know, remember I'm still eight months, almost nine months pregnant. I'm so many hormones <laughs> and emotions and, oh, it's just a lot. And I'm just boohooing and he grabs me by the arm and around the shoulder And he whispers in my ear with a smile on his face, Babe, we're gonna be just fine. And I trusted him. And I needed to hear that in that moment. But back to um, Pastor Chad, he also in that that day, um, after Christmas, he he gave us a lot of really good advice. He said that people do not know what to say to you right now. And they're going to say some stupid things. <laughs> and they did. Uh, I hope she's not listening, but somebody, this woman compared her sorrow, my sorrow, to her losing her dog. Mm. <laughs> she just wasn't thinking. And I, you know, could get mad about that or upset, but Pastor Chad gave us... He told us basically forgive everyone before they speak to you. <laughs> because they know not what they say. <laughs> um, so that was that was that was really good sound advice because I've kind of let the hard words or the harsh words bounce off of me. Um, also, so it's December 26th the day after we're planning the funeral, all that stuff. Um, and I, I was mad. That was where my, I was sad, exhausted, drained, but just mad. So many questions. The anger, it was like a, a boiling, a pot of water just wanting to explode. And I had no one. Well, first off, let me back up. Pastor Chad, I told him, I said, I hate to say this. I said, "I, I feel guilty as a Christian to say this, but I am so mad at God. And my pastor looked right at me and he said, me too. Children are not supposed to die. You have every right to be mad, but it's how you handle the anger from here on out? Are you going to let God hold it and let him hold you and heal you? Or are you going to go off the deep end and basically curse everyone you see? Um, But one of the things that I I want to say is I wasn't mad. You know, like I told you earlier, my dad built the swing set. One thing I love about him is that he is crafty and that he does build things. But I know that he held held and probably still holds a lot of guilt. But I never blamed him for her death. I never blamed him. When I was angry and mad, my anger and madness was directed at God because I knew that my dad had no intentions. Of that happening. So daddy if you're listening. Please know that I just. Never blamed you. So. Speaking of the anger. For months. I had held on to anger. And I remember. Um, just praying about it. And just being like God. Why? Why? You know, I'm just so mad right now. I just I don't even know you let this happen, you could have stopped it, you you have all the power in the world. You could have used it. And I remember praying that God would release me from that anger. And I heard him say, Amy, I am bigger in your anger be mad at me I can handle it and I still love you and in an instant the anger was gone because I just felt the love the unconditional love of her father embracing me and understanding understanding Given, He gave me permission to be mad at him. And I just felt loved. And literally, I don't deal with anger anymore. I still question sometimes. But I don't deal with the anger that I felt in the early months after Henry's passed away. So I'm very thankful for that. So... After, um, after Henry's died, after all of her services, or actually before her services, um, my friend started a Facebook page and the Facebook page was basically to let people know just what's going on. And it was called remembering Henry's and, um, people started liking the page. And at the time, you know, we just thought it was something that, and send people information. Like, how could they help us as far as, you know, people were bringing us food and taking care of us. And that was just a way to get information out. But little did I know the impact that page would have on me. Because basically, um, you know, when I was trying to describe, when people would say, How are you? the words didn't come because they were just jumbled. Couldn't get them out, and the only word that I could think of to say to them was that it just sucked. And my mother told me never to say that word <laughs> seriously, like growing up, you could not that, that was that was cuss word in our house. And at the time, I'm an adult, and I still feel like bad that I'm that that's the only word I can get out, like, this just sucks. Um, but I found that through this page I started writing and when I was usually in the bathtub I know you talked about that Robin Robin has had a lot of God moments in the bathtub <laughs> raise your hand have you ever had God moments in the bathtub? <laughs> everybody wants to go home and take a bath now don't you <laughs> um but God God would just speak to me in the bathtub and this was still when we were at my mom's house and um Basically, I would just pull out my notes section on my phone and just start writing, you know, whatever I was going through, whatever I was thinking. And then somehow in this moment, I'm turning it around. I'm telling exactly how I'm feeling, but yet I'm turning it around and giving God praise at the end and thanking him. And literally, I would copy and paste, put it on and Reese's page, post it, and I would feel a sense of peace. Because the page grew and grew and grew and the people, the likes, each like was a person and a person was reading it and they were responding and they were saying, I'm praying for you. And they were helping me carry the burden because I couldn't carry it on my own. So the peace that came through pushing post and letting it go was so filling for that moment. And then I'd have to come back to it the next day because I'm back in the hole, writing again, posting. And, and family members were admins and friends were admins and they were posting pictures and and, Reese and just telling stories. And it turned into a thing that was 80, I think it's like 86,000 people who were getting, I feel like they were feeding me, but apparently they felt fed in a way too. And um, honestly, I, I look back at, at that page all the time. This week, I sat and I read, went through the whole first year. And I'm telling you, I don't even remember some of those thoughts and those feelings and even writing those things. But God was working and and he had set that. He set that page up for me to find healing because he knew I didn't have the words. And apparently it helped a lot of people at the same time. Um, So I actually, I have a few. I'm going to read day 133. This is an example of the things that I couldn't verbalize, but I could write. Day 133. So for the first year, I pretty much tried to write something almost every day. It wasn't every day, but... um, And I would would say whatever day it was like this. I'm tired today. Sometimes grief feels like a full-time job. It soaks up energy, putting a smile on my face... When deep down, I just want to sit in anne Reese's room and cry. It takes up so much energy pretending that everything is normal again. It's not normal. It will never be normal again. We have created a new normal, but it is exhausting wishing for the old normal. I've been fighting with a hurting heart all morning, a weary heart. I've cried out to the Lord and asked him to give me peace like the peace I have felt so many times. Give me peace knowing that we will be okay. We will be okay. We will be okay. Maybe if I say it a hundred times, it will be true. All I can do for my hurting heart is pray. Nothing else will lighten my load today. Nothing. Lord, I'm focused on your promises today. I'm clinging to your word and counting my blessings. You have a part of my heart in heaven with you, so please mend the part that's left behind. Pick me up today. Carry me through this pain. I can't do this without you, Father. I'm leaning on you like you've told me to do so many times over the past 19 weeks. Give my girl a kiss for me. And tell her that mommy will see her again one day. One glorious day. Amen. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Love, Amy. Post. (laughs) (laughs) And the amount of healing that came through that page is just. I, I think it's one of the reasons I'm sitting here today, sharing this story with you. I know it is. Um. So I want to back up a little bit. I'm eight months pregnant, going through all these things, going through grief, thinking. I remember. Actually, I don't remember this, but Beth told me while she was washing my clothes. I was sitting at the kitchen table, and this was probably the day or so after Henrietta died. And I remember saying to her, or I don't remember, actually. She told me that I said, you know, how am I ever going to love this baby? How am I ever going to care for this baby? I'm distraught. And now I think back on it. I really thought about it this week. I think my thoughts were, how am I going to give myself, like I gave myself... How am I going to give my heart away again with the thought of the fear of what if something happens to this baby? And in 18 days after Ann Reese passed away, I went into labor, went to the hospital, and at, I can't remember what time she was born, 12, 12. (laughs) edit that out wherever she is (laughs) Um, this beautiful baby girl was born and 7 pounds 1 ounce I do remember that and y'all it was the most amazing moment after so much heartache and still so 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 heartbroken I have this child who I didn't plan for. Remember, we were going to have a spring baby. (laughs) And it's January the 11th, and here we are with this new baby. And um, I remember the doctor crying, the nurses crying, my whole family. And these were finally tears of joy because we had something to hold on to. We, We just knew that she was a gift. Her name meant God's gracious gift. She was born 18 days after Anne Reese was in heaven. And on the Facebook page, not long after, I wrote about, I, you know, I just said something about 18. She was born 18 days. And somebody wrote me a message saying that 18 means life in Hebrew. So I think of Anne Reese. I mean, Anne Reese's birthday was January 18th. James born 18 days after Anne Reese passed away. And I feel like with her naming, she was God's gracious gift to us of life, a reason to keep going, showing us that he still loves us. And he planned all that out. And it was for us to figure out and see and see his goodness through it. So, you know, my heart was still broken, but I wasn't sleeping much anyway, so I might as well have a baby <laughs> to take care of in the middle of the night. And that's also when a lot of my writing happened was, you know, nursing a baby, crying my eyes out, nursing her in the same chair I nursed reason. Um A lot of the, a lot of those, a lot of those moments were so bittersweet because I wanted to be joyful and happy for this new baby, but I was still grieving so much of Van Rees. Um, gotta stay on track here. So, so we after we had um, Janie, we went back to her house for the first time. Um, And that was... Actually, that was the second time I'd been there. Um, Very difficult. Going back to, you know, all of Anne Reese's things, which I have not gotten rid of any of them. I would just sit in her room. Just want to feel her, smell her things. I actually still have a... It's gonna sound so gross. I don't know why I'm admitting this, thing, these things to you. There was a pull-up that she had worn that night. Jen had an accident forever. It's saws pee in it. I don't smell it, but I have it. <laughs> <laughs> and if anything happened to that pull-up, I would just lose it. Um, but my husband thinks I've become quite of a hoarder. <laughs> my real estate agent thinks the same thing. Uh, we're trying to sell our house, and you yeah. um, know. But anyway, um, okay, so in August, we moved from Gulf Shores. We had to leave Gulf Shores where Anne grew up. That was her home. Those were where our memories were the strongest with her. Um, I went to the zoo all the time with Janie. Uh, because Amory's loved the zoo. She had this little deer named Miracle who she was obsessed with. We would go into the zoo and immediately make a beeline for this deer and stay there the entire time until her whole cup of food was gone. Like she just wanted to feed this one deer. So, um, uh, anyway, so she... Uh, so, leaving there was very difficult. Leaving our house was very, very hard and moving. And her body was there in, um, in in Daphne as well. Okay. I just got the, we got to hurry up. So, okay, hold on. Let me see if I can skip. Okay. I know where I'm going. Sorry, y'all. Okay. So fast forward, we live in Birmingham and it's our first year. It's Christmas. Christmas is approaching and, um, you know, the first anniversary of anne death is approaching, um, we didn't want to celebrate. Christmas, we didn't but we also have this new baby who, you know, we do wanna celebrate for her. So we, you know, just said we're I told people, do not tell me happy birthday. I don't wanna hear it. I don't want it. it it's not a happy day. Don't even go there. So Christmas Eve morning, we get up and I'm just distraught, sad, and we were staying at a house with the whole family, and I remember my mom hugged me, and she told me, happy birthday, and I was, like, really kind of annoyed because I'd already given everybody their directions for the day, (laughs) and that was not part of them, so She went on to tell me about the day I was born, and she told me how great of a day it was. I knew she was lying because I was eight pounds and (laughs) nine ounces. (laughs) She said, there was so much joy that day, and I was so happy that day. And she said, you are still worth celebrating, and that's why I'm telling you happy birthday. This is a sad day but you still have worth and your life is still worth celebrating so actually a great friend um, told me that day too that she thought of Anne Reese's death day and my birthday as Anne Reese's heavenly birthday and that it was special that we actually shared a heavenly birthday and a earthly birthday together so I embraced that and now we, we, we get a cake you know, happy heavenly birthday to Anne Reese my kids, we celebrate it we, we celebrate that day because that's why we're here in the first place mine and Davey's goal was always or is always with our kids our main goal for them is to get them to Jesus Anne Reese left early And we know that she's with Jesus. So our main goal now is to share her story so that other people might make it to Jesus. And I want to close. Oh, before I close. Um, Since then, God has blessed us with another baby girl. She's two And she is the cutest thing you have ever seen. She looks so sweet. I dress her so sweet. But she is crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Yesterday, the devil was in my house. (laughs) He was in the form of a marker. Table. Walls. Anyway, <laughs> we love her. That's <laughs> she keeps us on our toes. Uh, she was born March 24th, 2016. And someone, the nurse who actually was in the room with us, pointed out that if you add all of her numbers up, it equals 18. Mm-hmm. So another God example of him giving us life after such heartache. And y'all, I just feel like God wants me to say this, you know. We've been through hell. We've been, we've had so much sorrow and pain and heartache, but through it all, we've relied on Him and trusted Him, and He has taught us how to really be joyous and to choose joy through that hurt and through that pain. It's not easy. Sometimes I want to shut that off and be far away from joyful things. But then I look around at all the goodness, even all of you here today. And I want to close with this. I wrote on Amos's page 18 months ago, our lives hit a rock, a roadblock in the race we call life. Everything was broken our hearts, our minds, our future, our goals. Our lives were changed. Our future uncertain. Our daughter was gone. An unexplainable heartache set in. Why? 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 Seemed like the recurring noise in my head. As time went on, our eyes began to open wide as God revealed His unwavering love for us. He granted us peace when the ache was too much to bear. He showed us hope for our future when thinking of living without Emery seemed impossible. He stayed faithful to us when we were weary in him. All in all, he never changed, never changed. My heart knows the goal, but sometimes my head is foggy. I'm thankful God is forever the same and reminds me of his goodness daily. I will reach my goal. I will reach my daughter in heaven. His trumpets play and my questions will be no more. In the meantime, I'm praying God will continue to lead the way because following him is much easier than running this difficult race myself. Through the storm of 18 months of living without Enris, I'm still standing and giving all praise to God. I love you, sunshine. Happy 18 months in heaven. Romans 8, 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us 1 Corinthians 2 9 however it is written what no man has seen what no ear has heard and what no human mind can conceive the things God has prepared for those who love him in Revelation 21:4, 4 he will wipe away every tear from our eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Love, Amy. And real quick, I want to show you. This is my vision I get whenever the world or my mind and heart are broken. I think of Henry and Jesus. That's where I
0: want to be. Thank you. As you heard Amy share, she has found so much healing in her writing and being able to articulate her thoughts on the Facebook page. So if you want to continue following Amy um, or to start following her, you can find it on Facebook. The group is called Remembering Anne Reese. And then also she is in the first volume of the second stories book. Don, one of our team members, had the vision for a book that shared stories of women that would bring glory and honor to God, that they would find confidence in sharing their story and realizing that what they had gone through has purpose. And so she collected stories um, for women and produced a book that not only has moving stories, but has incredible photography. And then she also has now produced a second volume that included stories from both men and women. And you can purchase either of those books on their website, which is secondstories.com book.com and second is spelled out. So second stories, book.com. And then of course, we'll put a link in our show notes on the storytellers live website, which is storytellerslive.org. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so grateful for all of our listeners and all of the feedback that you give us. And we hope you'll join us again soon.